0: Hi,
1: this is Angelina Asante. Welcome to another episode of The Healthy Hypochondriac. Today, I have a special guest who's really funny and amusing. You need to follow her on social media if you're not following her. She always makes me laugh. Linda Zurn. Hi, Linda.
0: Hey, how are you?
1: Good. I'm so glad that you could join me because you have an interesting cancer that sometimes people don't take seriously. Can you tell people the type of cancer you had?
0: I have had malignant melanoma not once, but twice. I was 26 and then again at 62.
1: So it's really interesting because when I go to book signings or I'm speaking to cancer groups, people will come up to every single time people will come up to me and say, well I didn't have a serious cancer I just had skin cancer and I always say to them well skin cancer kills people so it is serious
0: it it kills people it kills more people than the big dramatic cancers and because I think because of it because it you know people do tend to to discount it or you know uh, minimize it um it absolutely is deadly
1: Well, it is interesting, because I know you've read my book, and we kind of like laughed about a lot of the stuff in there, because it's filled with nonsense and the way people overreact. And I call breast cancer, the prom queen of all cancers, because that is one in our society that we love to glorify. And, you know, when Hooters comes out with an annual catalog promoting breast cancer, or not a catalog, excuse me, a calendar, I, I just get so annoyed, because I think is this is this some poor taste hooters? You know, you're known for having such good taste. It's so surprising that you have a calendar for breast awareness.
0: Sure. Because you know, boobs matter. Boobs they do. Are, boobs are all. I uh, hey. All is all. I agree.
1: I agree <laughs> with you. And I and I think there's a lot of men out there that agree with us too. But yeah. maybe maybe not do it in a calendar form. Maybe. I don't know. Change the glasses. Let's get some real classy. Interesting shaped glasses at Hooters. Maybe let's sell those that would really, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, again, I think that, um, you've got a lot of really great organizations out there who are, some are better at marketing than others are. And, and it's, you know, they've got a fabulous campaign, you know, pink, pink, they own pink, which is right. awesome. So I'm not quite sure what color you would, you would need to use for skin cancer.
1: Well, now I will say this. Um, I know you you and I enjoy um transparency, maybe in breast cancer charities. And people should go to charitynavigator.org to find out where their favorite cancer uh, place is donating money because you'd kind of be surprised of the ridiculous amount of overhead, you know, like, oh, we're 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 operating on 80% overhead. What? Yes that's, that's not good. So charity, charity, Now tell us, how did you know that you had skin cancer?
0: I, it's a great story. Um, I was at the beach. I had pit, uh, one of my little children and I have lots of them at the time. I had lots of tiny babies. And one of them was, was, um, being dragged out to sea. I grabbed the baby up and I pulled the baby back onto the beach and I hurt my arm and I could not move my arm. It was, it was, crazy. I called the doctor. I said, you've got to fix my arm. Um, Went to the doctor. He said, your arm is perfectly fine, but this thing on your back needs to go. And I said, what thing on my back? I was 26 at the time. And, um, he, he did the biopsy. It came back malignant. And I'm telling you, I think it's one of those stories where, um, and by the way, my arm was perfectly fine in the car on the way home from the doctor. So either my brain knew I was in trouble or gosh, maybe God knew I was in trouble because it was really quite miraculous that I found it. And one of the things I tell people about skin cancer is get lots of mirrors. And I mean, lots of mirrors mirrors in your bathroom mirrors near your tub mirrors mirror mirrors and look at the places you cannot see because that's where it was and like i said it was it was really divine intervention that i discovered it at all
1: i'm so glad you said that because that is definitely a misconception that people have about skin cancer that okay like look, you're looking at me right now with a burn <laughs> actually <laughs> a sunburn. i was outside watching a baseball game the other day and i was like oh my god i didn't even know i got burned but People have the misconception that you only get skin cancer where the sun actually right. burns you. So I'm glad you said that. Right. So now when you when you went to your oncologist, you went for your arm, but he checked your back. So it's one of these cases when you go to a skin doctor, they actually look at your whole body.
0: Yes. And, and actually, it was not an oncologist. It was literally my general practitioner. And oh, he just, wow. He just said wow, your arm is great. This is, you are, you're fine, but boy, howdy, whatever this is going on on your back. And I had this mole that had literally exploded and I had no idea because it was just in an, I, I never, where do you, when do you do that? When do you turn around and go, oh, look, you know, (laughs) you
1: don't. Especially your back. You're absolutely right. So now, now I have a question for you. So you've been, once you've had cancer, you're, hyper aware of it coming back. So did it come back in the same spot?
0: no not at all and, and in fact i went and you know of course once you once you get any kind of cancer um it is you think cancer once a day for the rest of your life because that's right. just what you do and um um you know and of course you know that my my granddaughter my little granddaughter had cancer last last year and um you know she'll be going to the doctor every three months for you know the foreseeable future um and that's it just becomes part of your routine um I had a great little um PA that caught another another mole that I really had. And here's the other thing about it. When you're looking at yourself all the time, you don't see it. You don't see yourself. You don't see the change. Right. You just don't. And so that she caught it. She biopsied it. And darned if I didn't have malignant um, melanoma. Again, easily remedied, quickly treated, not a problem. But at the same time, yikes. I've also had people say to me, I had a <laughs> I love your book, by the way, because you know, thank God I got cancer. I'm not a hypochondriac anymore. You know, and I love the section where you talk about the things people say to you because I Oh my gosh. I had a friend say to me, Well, at least you know how you're going to die. <laughs> I thought, well, I could still be in a car accident. <laughs>
1: and you know what's funny about that? You know as some as a cancer survivor that there's more cancer survivors now than ever.
0: Ever. Yes. Yeah.
1: So it's really funny, especially with all of the new treatments are coming out. With it's so it people do think it is it's a death sentence. I know like a couple of people in my family would just say the c word. Like when I told them that that, that I didn't want to tell people because I didn't want the drama. And I definitely totally. made made a good decision by not putting it on Facebook with all of those medical school grads on Facebook telling me how I got it. And yes. you know that's that's the absolute worst. I don't know about you. But for me, when I post anything about me being a cancer survivor, people are like, "Well, you should have eaten better. You should have exercised. You should, you know." It's like everyone becomes a, an expert on how I got cancer. It,
0: that I will tell you that um, uh, again. With my little granddaughter; she was one of 35 children, 14 and under, in the entire United States, with stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma. And her, her fabulous, and you know, my, my daughter says, I, we didn't know why we moved to Texas. Now we know why we were 20 minutes away from a premier, you know, children's cancer center. That's why we're in Texas. It's never about what you think it's about. It never is. And right. um, so she, she basically, you know, uh, her oncologist, uh, my granddaughter's oncologist immediately said to my daughter, I don't want you thinking, what did I eat? what did I do? What did I snort? What did I, you know, what, why, where did I go? She said, honest and truly, this is what we know. We don't know. It's just bad luck. And, that's what it is. and so, and, and so at that point she said, this is what we're here's where we are and here's where we're going. And it, it's a fabulous piece of advice for anything. Forget it. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is coming. What
1: do we do now? Well, I'm going to tell you something, Linda, that I don't know that we've ever discussed. And that is, I decided a couple of years ago I wasn't going to do book signings anymore because my book signings have become so depressing. Yeah, and and I have to tell you, confrontational. So, oh, no. so I've actually had the book thrown at me. Someone pulled my book off my display, said, how dare you? What's wrong with you? And I said, how much time do you have? He didn't appreciate that. <laughs> he threw the book at my head. And, and I've had people, many, many people come up to me and say, I had cancer too. And I prayed about it. And I lived such a godly life that God healed me because I believed he would heal me. And I'm sitting there glaring at him. and, And he's like, you know, I've had this guy at Amelia Island. This happened right in front of my best friend too. This guy at the Amelia Island book festival said to me, in front of a crowd okay there was a crowd of people around my table and he said to me i um i believe that people get cancer because of their sinful lifestyle Ah! and i I said to him i said sir why do babies get cancer and he looked at his watch and walked away I was like, oh, okay, so so babies are really sinful little creatures, aren't they? I, I can't stand that. And so after that, after that Amelia Island thing, I said, I'm done. I'm out. I don't need to do this. And I I felt attacked quite a bit. All I'm trying to do is make jokes and make it a little bit easier for people to deal with this, but I don't need to be attacked by people. So I was like, I'm I'm done.
0: But, but Angelina, even, I mean, they have done studies that your attitude in, in circumstances like that is, you know, the doctors can tell you, they can tell you almost before they begin treatment, who will respond and who won't because they think, and, and I, I, like I said, it was just, they, they completely lucked out. Uh, or we're very blessed. I'm going with the blessing um, that they found somebody who was like that—an oncologist who was who was practical and who said, "You know what?" um if if you can't live your life because because they came here during all all the chemo and and between radio you know radiation and they went on vacation and she said we're going my daughter said we're going on a vacation or on call just said absolutely go if you can't live what's the point and i right. why why do we not think that way it's so again i think that um the over dramatization and the idea that and once upon a time it was a death sentence but that right. is no longer the case. And so it is time now to go, oh, brother. Um, I went to, a, I was in a master class at Rollins with a, um, an, uh, an author from Africa. And she got up and she said something really interesting about writing. And because I'm a writer and an author, and she said, listen, if you people in the West are going to talk about cancer and write about cancer, you'd better have a hook because everybody's got a cancer story. And I was wild, I was so, I was one of those that probably wanted to chuck her book at her. I'm like, I was so offended and then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's true. And she said, but come to my country, with Nigeria. She said, everyone's got an AIDS story. So if you're wow. gonna tell an AIDS story, you'd better have a hook. And you'd better have something, something new to say about it. And so that's one of the reasons that I love your book is because it, it literally has something new to say. You know what? i'm glad i'm not going crazy i'm glad i know yeah. what this is well yeah. i
1: i do think a lot of people feel like a hypochondriac because for me i really didn't have any of the symptoms of cancer. But I had, for people who hadn't read my book, my cat had died of cancer a few months before I got diagnosed. And the only symptom that he had was he was thirsty. And I was thirsty a few months later. And I have been a hypochondriac my whole life. But I think a lot of people that are cancer survivors tell me they feel like a hypochondriac because they go to their doctor and their doctor's like, well, nothing's wrong with you. But I think sometimes.
0: Or you're too this or you're too that. Right.
1: Right. If you're in tune with your body, I think sometimes, you know, something's
0: off. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, again, when I, you know, the first time I was diagnosed and, you know, my arm, I couldn't move my arm. Now, is that my brain telling me, Linda, you're in trouble, you know, or, or was that just a really funky coincidence, you know, from, from, from the powers that be, which I believe in, but you know, there you go. There's something going on and, and. I don't know about you, but this whole COVID thing has, the underlying, in my opinion, blessing in disguise has been that so many more people now are going, What do you mean, vitamin D? Right, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean I need to get out from underneath these artificial lights and go outside occasionally and yep. breathe some air? um i to me that has been such a blessing i have seen so many podcasts and i've been studying and i've been like oh my gosh we're killing ourselves there are things you can do there is a a better way to do this let's do it
1: well and i think for for you i i don't know if you've heard but for me like my general practitioner which i no longer see uh was like oh vitamins don't really do anything vitamins don't really help you know, they, I, I, cause I was like, oh, I take all these and he kind of dismissed, well, you don't need any of that stuff. Um, so you don't really oh need to be God. taking vitamins. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of people who are told by their general practitioner, they don't need vitamins. And then you find out later on, of course, hey, we need vitamin D even in Florida. And I think some of that has to do with our food supply. Maybe we're not Absolutely. getting the nutrients that we need. So Absolutely. it is interesting to see, but I, I wanna tell this quick story about you before, before we, we break. And I met you about, it was either four or five years ago. I had never met you and we had never heard of each other. You were at a book signing and I passed your table and I met you and I was like, Oh, this lady's funny. I, cause I, I was, I've always drawn to funny people. And I was like, Oh, this lady's really funny. And I said, I'm president of this big group. and I won't mention the name. You, you know who I was, who I was. And I said, I'm here to hear your speaker today because he asked to, to speak at my conference. And I said, what do you think of this guy and you handed me your business card and said if you want a good speaker (laughs) i'll be the speaker for you and i was like oh okay well thank you i'm gonna keep i have still have your card i i kept the card i walked into the other room heard this gentleman speak about how to make money as an author and the first sentence out of his mouth was um spoiler alert you can't make money as a writer and then he proceeded to talk about how horrible writing was financially for the next 20 minutes. So after this horrific speech, well, I'm looking around at the audience saying, what what's happening right now? I went, up, I went up to him and I said, hi, I'm Angelina Asante. I'm the president of blah, blah, blah. I, I understand you just submitted to speak for our group. So I'm glad I was here to witness this. Have a great day. And I, I walked out. But I, I was like, I can't believe some people get a platform that they don't, deserve and don't need
0: it's it's i and i don't quite understand that it's maybe it comes down to not knowing your audience or not knowing again and it kind of dovetails with what we're talking about you know you get this diagnosis it's it you know you've got all these people who are coming at you with with negative things it's like it's like having a baby and they they want to tell you you know how how they had a baby and it came out sideways and you're like i don't want to (laughs) hear Right. I don't need to hear your horror story. I need to hear, you know, I need to read um, Angelina's book. And and I think that that people it's across the board. I think you if you're not prepared to look at the up and the better and the you know how 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 do we do this how do we fight this how do we how do we become healthy how 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 let's do it if you don't have that boy i don't know what you're selling but it ain't it ain't being bought <laughs>
1: Well, you know what's really funny too. I'm not an optimist and I know you're a funny person. So t- typically funny people are not optimists, but I, I will say after going through cancer, I do actually have a better attitude and I'm more optimistic, but I also have a stronger BS meter where yes. when people are complaining about stuff, yes, I don't absolutely. have the tolerance that I used to have because I think my God, this person's complaining about this very right. minor bump in life. How would they possibly right. survive a cancer diagnosis? Because it makes you think everyone else is a wimp.
0: Yeah well, and isn't that it isn't that a blessing? my my little granddaughter, she's cancer free now. Um, stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma. The tumor was the largest tumor the radiologist had ever seen in the human <clears> body and her parents just recently said she um recently said to her so reagan what did you learn and she said and i oh my gosh i'm gonna get emotional oh she said <laughs> i'm not afraid anymore oh
1: my gosh
0: and that is that not the secret <laughs>
1: but <laughs> what, that's a secret? good lesson for adults yeah. we also have that <laughs> yeah that's amazing well congratulations you know on your your success and her success, that's that's really scary. Poor little Reagan. I know you're posting all those pictures. I was trying not to comment because it's really hard for me to see other people, with, especially kids. Oh, man, I just I hate to see that.
0: She was so, she was so such an inspiration though to so many that I felt like that we weren't I felt in the end I had more people say to me you know thank you for doing that because honestly and then again when when you've got a kid that says to you that can say things like that to you don't be afraid there you know there isn't anything that you should be afraid of you know come what may well,
1: and I will tell you I think this is going to be the most mature thing I've ever said I think that's a <laughs> spiritual issue. I think that's a spiritual issue to be able to yep. walk through something like yep. that, because, you know, Absolutely. I I did I did say early on in my book that you've heard it said that there's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. I submit there's no such thing as an atheist right. in the oncologist waiting room. So I do right. think it's a spiritual issue. So I, I mean, to see a child with that type of faith that I'm not scared. And I kind I had that as a hypochondriac. I had that I was in the MRI machine and I remember saying, God, I'm not scared. And I think that was the weirdest part for my family is watching me walk through that, making jokes and not afraid. Because I was like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I'm going to die. And they're all like, what the hell is the matter? <laughs> what is the matter that's with her? That's truth, right? It is. It was. It was the truth. Yeah, because it. I definitely was, I was having like an out-of-body experience. Like it wasn't my normal self, but I, I really kind of got in touch with, my spiritual side then, because I was like, I'm not, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. Right. But I, but I also think, like you, I think I kind of went through that, and in probably little did you know at the time, you were preparing yourself for Reagan, you were preparing your daughter for Reagan, and yes. nobody knew it at the time. But yes. my father had gone through a cancer experience too, and I think that that helped me prepare. But isn't it funny how? we kind of get saved at certain points for a road that we have no idea because i i would imagine for you walk watching reagan go through that was so much worse than having that experience yourself
0: I, it, you know you talk about a, an out-of-body experience and i and i think that um it's one of the things that you do learn too about about crisis and it is a crisis and not to minimize the crisis um, you just you go into um not it's not survival mode it's you know what's the next step mode and we did that for months and, my, and we traveled back and forth to texas and we took care of kids and we did you know we did whatever needed to be done and then on top of it we're in the middle of a, of a worldwide pandemic my father-in-law dies i mean we were truly it was it was trial by fire and we did that for months and the and the the break, <laughs> The emotional breakdowns didn't come until after all of that had passed and we all sat down and we started to think. And when you start to think (laughs) about what has transpired and the fact that you did come through it, but what could have happened? That's when everybody in the family just had a good fat, old fashioned cry. And we all cried and we, (laughs) but that's, that's when the adrenaline, you know, the adrenaline cuts off and you're just back to living and breathing and thinking. And, and that's okay. That's part of the process. But when you're in it, you just, you face it and you handle it. And then later I tell my kids, then later you can go to pieces. I don't care.
1: I didn't even think about that, that whole other layer of COVID because we didn't know at that time oh, really what was going on because I remember when I was going through cancer, my, my grandmother has since passed, but my grandmother was in a nursing home and I was going into the nursing home. So this is 2015. No one was wearing masks back then, but I was oh, no. going through chemo. So I had a mask on cause I was in chemo and I would go visit her. And I remember her saying to me, I don't want you coming here. And I was like, well, I want to come visit you. And she said, I don't want you coming here because if something happens to you, I'm never going to live with that she's like i don't want you getting sick here so but i was like i was like well you're you're in your you're in your late 80s if something happens to you and i don't see you i'm gonna have to live with that and she said please please don't come back here so i didn't i didn't go back until i got the all clear but i was i was super close to her so it was that was really difficult but that idea of having covid going around is really adding another layer i didn't even think about that
0: yeah crazy and the stress and then and and I'm looking at my kids going why do I feel like this I go oh my gosh cut yourself some slack we have been through the fires of Mordor yeah break and let yourself grieve and and you know what it's okay my husband had COVID to start and um, so he had pneumonia and was in the hospital for three days. And then you know we get home, we have two decent nights of sleep, and then we get Reagan's diagnosis at the same time mm-hmm. we get my diagnosis. <laughs> and then what I am telling you, you can do anything you have to do. You really do. It's it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing. We have amazing capacities that we have not even tapped into. And sometimes that's what I think the Lord is trying to teach us. You are stronger than you know. You are, you are braver than you ever imagined. And that's what we've learned. And you know what? I'm not afraid anymore. Well,
1: can I just say this? I agree with everything you just said, but let me add this one point. I when I got diagnosed, I didn't put anything on Facebook that I had gotten diagnosed until I literally that day when I got the all margins clear from my oncologist. I posted, hey, I just finished chemo and radiation and um, and now I'm a cancer survivor. And people are like, what? I had to cut people out of my life, family and friends that were not on board, not positive, not good for me. So I think it's, I believe everything you say, Linda, but I just want to tell the audience, if you have to cut people out of your life, even if it's temporarily, then you need to do it because you want to surround yourself with positive, happy, fun people because you do not need the extra baggage when you're fighting for your life.
0: Mother Teresa said it. She said when she was working in Calcutta, read a fabulous um, biography of her. She said, listen, if you're going to come here and cry don't come because I need people here who can work and who can buck it up a little bit (laughs) and who basically can do what needs to be done. And you can go and cry in private, but we, but these children that they were, you know, that they were dealing with, it was just horrendous. Um, She said, they don't need you to be crying. And I, and I, I've never forgotten that. And I think, you know what? we'll cry. We'll cry at the end. We'll cry. We'll cry, you know, in private or it's all clear. But right now I'm going to go down and I'm going to get you guys something to eat for dinner. What do you want? Hamburgers or tacos? I don't know. Because that's what you have to do.
1: Yep. No, I totally agree with you. Now for somebody listening to this saying, you know what, this kind of looks weird, this thing on me. When do you think is the appropriate time to go to the doctor and have something looked at?
0: I, I, honest and truly, if you are susceptible to, if you're, if you're a redhead and you have Viking heritage,
1: (laughs) first of all, you're (laughs) awesome,
0: Uh, you know, and every spring you get the overwhelming desire to go to your neighbors and burn it down and steal all their stuff. That's Viking heritage in my opinion. (laughs) Um, You know, I get, I, I, I think that you, you just need to be a little more aware. You need to be a little more on top of things. Um, um, and I would say that um anytime you see anything that changes um itching is a sign um irregular uh, borders and margins are a sign or color changes are a sign and um you know for people in my generation who literally grew up um broiling themselves in the sun with like uh cooking oil i mean yeah you know, baby oil
1: too and i remember in the 80s was that great. was a thing
0: I, yeah. it was it was seriously great we we were like you know steaks and <laughs> um I, I think for us, you know, I, my husband and I went one, one time to, to our uh, dermatologist and he had a giant bandage on his ear, I had a giant bandage on my chest and I said, we were born in 1958, can you tell? <laughs> I mean, because it's just the end result. Now, a lot of it is genetic too and, and that's the other thing. You need to know what's what's going on in your fam because um, I think the genetic component is is underplayed as well you know if grandma and grandpa had problems then you might want to just double double check so that kind of thing is at, you know at your annual at your annual physical make sure that you have them look and and well, you need to have mirrors
1: and i will say this in in florida someone's diagnosed with cancer every 5 minutes we we do love the sun down here but i also know people as do you who live in very cool climates that oh, also yeah. get skin cancer
0: Absolutely. Absolutely and well, that's what I'm saying. The genetic component is also a factor. And you just you can't underplay that. If your if your history and if your heritage is is you know fair and, and uh redheaded, then be be aware.
1: I'm going to put some notes to skin cancer um, on below the podcast. But Linda, how do we find you? And, and and anyone out there, you need to follow Linda on social media because I will say I say I'm a comedy writer, but a lot of the time, you know, Linda, I don't post all funny stuff. I post this. You always post funny stuff. Like you're funnier no, I, than the comedy writer.
0: It's the only way I stay out of the algorithm and they, you know, they don't dox me. See, oh. I, I don't think the algorithm can pick up on sarcasm. That's my theory. Oh, okay. The, the, the robots haven't discovered sarcasm yet.
1: I so. love, well, but they're getting self-aware it's coming.
0: <laughs> they are, they it's are. They might come after us any minute. Um, I'm, if you want to find me on, on Facebook, you can, it's author Linda L. Zern. And then um, from there, it just, you know, there's websites and all sorts of things and, and um, amazon.com slash author Linda Zern. I've got 28 uh, published titles and I'll be publishing more. So it's exciting.
1: Well, thank you, Linda. You're always so fun to talk to. And I just, I appreciate your your honesty with everything. And God bless you and Reagan and your whole family. It's a really, really crazy thing to happen to one family.
0: And you know, I just, let me tell you, I, I five stars on your book. I, I loved it. And I loved that it was just, it's like the woman said, listen, if you're going to tell your cancer story, you better have, you better have a different approach. And I love that you had a different approach. It really, thank you. really. It really and truly uh, made me, made me um, feel better and, and I loved it. I love the humor of it. So thank you.
1: Thank you. That's so sweet. Thank you. Well, this is Angelina Asante signing off for another episode of the healthy hypochondriac.